All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 7 again. I did not mean to get stuck in Ecclesiastes 7, but um, it's a great chapter on wisdom, the value of wisdom. Uh, it's, it's far surpasses education, wisdom. A lot of people think they're smart, but if they don't have wisdom, they're not too smart, amen? Um, and thank God for uh, His blessing uh, this week on our state. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, <clears throat> and I apologize for making that statement, verse 19 through 22 is where we left off last week on wisdom forgives faster. Um, look at verse 19 just in review, I won't have you stand yet. It says, wisdom strengthens the wise more than ten mighty men which are in the city, and there's not a just man among earth that doth good and sinneth not. Now what uh, Solomon was saying is, uh, we are exceptional sinners, and we ought to be exceptional forgivers. Wisdom realizes the consequence of bitterness. That bitterness will eat your lunch. Turned in its uh, depression, turned out its anger, and there's a prison of forgiveness that I preached on last week. Matthew chapter 18, verse 23 through 35, about a man that had a great debt and then had a little debt, uh, and he, would, he, forgave, he was forgiven his little debt, but then a man had a, of uh, his great debt, and the man that he owed him something was just a little debt, and he wouldn't forgive him, and uh, the master threw him in the jail. So the worst prison you can ever get in is the prison of unforgiveness. Don't ever get bitter. Uh, don't stay bitter long. The Bible says you shouldn't let your wrath go down upon you, or the sun go down upon your wrath, or the wrath come down on the sun either, amen? But uh, the prison of unforgiveness and then Satan will set up a kingdom. He'll take a place. The Bible says give no place to the devil. That's a kingdom. Wisdom refuses to be weighed down by idle, misspoken, bitter words. And I ended the sermon uh, with a little uh, jingle, let it go. Amen. Just let it go. And move on. And so some of y'all had not let it go yet. Y'all been dwelling in bitterness for 50 years. Somebody dropped you on your head when you was a little baby and you hadn't forgiven them. And uh, there's other great, terrible traumas in your life, not making fun of those at all. And it's only by the grace of God we haven't been through the same traumas. But you've got to conclude the past, or the past will poison the present, and the present will ruin the future. Amen? Have you all seen that to be true? I want to tell you something, friend. You need to realize that the devil will bring up the past like a video, full-colored, HD, widescreen TV in your mind all the time if you let it. So give no place to the devil. That's wisdom. Wisdom is realizing that you might lose an argument, but don't lose a relationship. Amen? Uh, look at verse 20. For there is not a just man among the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Look at verse 21. Also take no heed unto all the words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. And so there's some things you need just not listen to. And that's a foolish bitter person uh, let it go and move on um, I, I know that brother Larry um, sees a lot of bitter people in that jail and the reason they're in another jail is they're blaming their mother or their father or their ex or somebody that's hurt them and therefore they can't get over their bitterness so they're angry and that's why they did what they did uh, they're depressed and it's it's so sad when all they have to do is let it go. 
And the only way to do that is through the Spirit of God, amen, that we realize how much God forgave us. And the Bible says in Mark chapter 11 that if you do not forgive, He will not hear your prayers. So there's no little bitterness. There's no little grudge. A grudge does not hold you, uh, excuse me, you do not hold a grudge against somebody. Folks, a grudge will hold you. And so it cuts you off from the fellowship and power of prayer. Now tonight we want to get into this, and by the way, I want you all to pray for um, a young man that I've been working with many years that goes to trial next Wednesday. Pray that God's will will be done in his life, okay? I'm not bitter, amen? And, but I want you to know that my son keeps calling me on this iPad, I'm going to get bitter, amen? He, uh, he, he goes to church on Thursday, they're liberal. We go on Wednesday, that's a God-ordained day, amen? That's, uh, that's, that's God-ordained to go on Wednesday. Now, you go anywhere you want to, but that's just when we go. But he forgets I'm in church, checking on his son. But anyway, um, <clears throat> he's doing fine. Amen. Uh, the more, I, I want to tell you how much I appreciate all you moms and fathers. I just want, I want you, I, really, I mean, about getting to church. Amen. The other morning, I was minding on business. I said, he's quiet. Connie said, who's quiet? I said, Oliver's quiet. When he's quiet, you know there's something wrong. And so... Uh, we went into the bedroom, and he was standing on top of the dresser, and he got into my famous peppermint oil. I snort that, you know, keep sinuses. No, I put it on my feet. Does it help? But I'll tell you what, my, my socks smell real good. Amen. Uh, they said it'd cure my feet, so I, had two, I got two gallons of it on my dresser. Well, he took it all out, and he put it all on the mirror, and he put it on the sheets, and he put it on the thing, and he said, Papa, I got it open. He's an opener and a climber. Amen. Praise God, and I'm telling you what, if he gets quiet, you better run, amen, there's another time he got quiet, and I've already blocked that out of my mind, I don't know what it was, something in the kitchen, but it was, it was, it was, it was a, a catastrophe, oh, I know what he did, he went into the cupboard and got all the cereal out of the boxes, and, and he was picking out the marshmallows out of a certain favorite one, amen, and he said, he said, I'm all right, I said, yeah, you're all right, all right, but anyway, so it takes a lot of energy. So I thought about, you know, uh, Miss Connie was almost late for Sunday school, and I thought, man, some of you are so faithful. And I forgot what it's like to get four kids ready and be on the house of God on time. And I admire you moms and fathers that uh, know that it's more important to, to be in Sunday school than anywhere in the world for your kids. Amen? So thank God for you. And so I got some wisdom this week. Amen? To appreciate parents more. All right. Uh, Ecclesiastes 7 verse 23 through 25 Amen We have really enjoyed uh, Having our grandson with us And Lexi's doing great She is now swallowing And, and uh, she had her adenoids And her tonsils taken out Which I should have done a long time ago And so she's doing great Appreciate your prayers um, There's nothing like grandchildren I'm going to tell you Amen I, If I knew there was so much fun I'd had them first I really would <laughs> You can just send them home, too, after about a week. Praise God. We'll see you later. Hallelujah. No, it's a blessing. All right, verse 23 through 25. Let's stand on the Word of God. It says, And this have I proved by wisdom. I said I will be wise, but it was far from me. What in the world is he saying there? I'll tell you in just a minute. That which is far off and exceedingly deep, who can find it out? You may be seated. As I pray, Father, thank you for this good congregation on this time change. I know a lot of people are tired. They've stayed up all night rooting for their vote. 
and uh, praying for their country, and Lord, they're still here. Uh, they're not awake, but they're still here, and we thank God for them. And Lord, I pray, dear God, you give us wisdom as we preach. It's a very difficult passage for me, and uh, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to get wisdom. But we want to see this world through your eyes. Oh God, I wish our country would see you in this country once again. And not see the selfish endeavors and see the God of expediency. And uh, Lord, uh, see that man is sovereign. God, but they just see you. And God, they would surrender to the sovereignty and power of God as a nation once again. So Lord, start it in us. May we have a revival of wisdom tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to know that in our outline, um, I think it's the last slide of last week, so we won't go back there, but wisdom exceeds measure. Folks, when Solomon tries to explain the vastness of wisdom, he comes up short, and so he just says, it's far from me. I want to tell you something, friend. He was not wise in marrying heathen uh, wives and taking on their gods and backsliding terribly he was not wise when he didn't use the wisdom of God to discern what to do in his kingdom uh, and even made his folks almost slaves so wisdom is infinite and it cannot be contained but it can be obtained and I want to just give you real quickly how you can get wisdom I don't know about you but uh, that ought to be the principal thing in your life turn to Proverbs chapter um, 4 and look at verse 7. The Bible says, this, or, no, what's going back? This is wonderful. Um, verse 5, Proverbs 4, verse 5. And we see that you receive wisdom by the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of God. But look at this. It says, get wisdom, <clears throat> get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, <clears throat> talking about wisdom, and ye shall preserve thee. And she shall preserve thee. Um, love her. Talking about wisdom. And she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom. With all thy getting, get wisdom. Look at verse 8. Exalt her. Talking about wisdom. And she shall promote thee. You want to get ahead in life? You want to be honored in life? You want to be somebody in life? Well, get some wisdom. And it says, shall bring thee honor when thou dost embrace her, she shall give to thy head an or ornament of grace. <clears throat> Listen to that. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my saying, <coughs> and the years of thy life shall be many. There's many people that are wasting their life in prison because of bad decisions and lack of wisdom. Uh, many people have died prematurely because of lack of wisdom. He says, I have taught thee in thy way uh, of wisdom. I have led thee in the right path. When thou goest, thy steps shall be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Amen. I mean some steadiness about your life. Wisdom. You ever met somebody that just couldn't stay on track? I mean, they had no fundamental biblical core values in their life. That's the track of life. That's the absolute truth. And it says, take Fast hold of instruction, let her not, uh, not go, keep her, for she is thy life. Man, I tell you what, I'm getting interested in this wisdom, just reading this chapter. How about you? How many has got your Bible? Say amen. Why is it run your Bible to a Bible preaching church? Amen. 
Matter of fact, when I preach and I look around and you're not looking at your Bible, I wonder what in the what in the world are you looking at? The screen? I never put scripture spelled out on the screen because you get lazy and never turn there. You need to mark your Bible. Enter not into the path of wicked and go not the way of an evil man. That's wisdom. I mean, wish your children would listen to this. It says, avoid it, pass not by it, uh, turn from it, pa- and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, lest they cause some to fall. You ever made a bad decision and couldn't sleep? Have you ever had a children, or your children or a loved one make a bad decision and it caused you not to sleep? You know what I get when I, get, when I, when I can't sleep? I wish I'd get sleepy, but I get mad at myself. I say, man, I'm wasting all this time. Please, Lord, can I sleep? He said, if you'd start praying, I'd put you to sleep. Amen. Stop worrying. By the way, if you want to really go to sleep quick, start counting your blessings and the devil will put you to sleep. Uh, Okay, let's go on. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Man, listen to this. But the path of the just is a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. What a beautiful description of the life of wisdom. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ears unto my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy, uh, of thy heart. For they are life unto those that find them. Wisdom and health to all thy flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of the issues of life. Put away from the, the afford mouth and the perverse lips, put far from thee. Some people, you can't tell them anything because they won't ever shut up. Pardon the expression. They think they know, it, know everything. Amen? That's not wise. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thy eyelids look straight before thee. And here's one of my favorite verses in the chapter. It says, ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. In other words, find out where the bus is going before you get on it. That's wisdom. Amen? Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Folks, I want to tell you what wisdom is. It's the last verses of chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, and chapter 6, and chapter 7 of Proverbs. It shows the end of sin. You know, if, you'd, you know, if a lot of people realize where... This, these bad decisions were coming, they'd have, never, they'd have never made them. But see, they're blind because they're not dumb or ignorant. They just don't have the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is revering the Scriptures. The wisdom of God is yielding to the, is the Spirit. And the wisdom of God is abhorring sin. Folks, listen, there is an end to sin. It's ruin. It's a lot of wasted time. That's why I wish children would learn that their parents have a lot more wisdom than, than they do. They've been there, done that. And you say, well, they hold it against me because I messed up. Well, that ought to make you even more wise. That you, you failed one time, but you got back up. And you realize why you failed. And so wisdom is, is an acute awareness of the presence of God in your life. Um, I really believe with all my heart one of the greatest needs is wisdom, wisdom. You know, uh, revival is a fresh surrender to Christ that leads his people to a fresh filling of the spirit, a spiritual power that overflows to a lost and dying world. But wisdom and the fear of the Lord is the awesome and open 
dread of displeasing God. It's the it's awesome awareness of what's right. It's having the mind of Christ. It's acting as if you're God or that you have a direct word from God and you do from the word of God. So, folks, wisdom is knowing that God knows, but knowing that your sins will find you out. I want you to look at verse 23 again, and we'll try to cover some territory and get finished with chapter 7, because chapter 8's a wonderful chapter too. But it looks, it says in verse 24, that which is far off and exceedingly deep, who can find it? And I, I, I notice the word, who can find it? And I thought to myself, is God playing a game with us where you can't find wisdom? Folks, you can find it. And he tells us how we can find it. The Bible says that we ought to walk in wisdom towards them that are without. The wisest thing a person can do is get saved and be on the way to heaven, don't you think? It's the wisest decision they ever made. It's the wisest leadership. It's the wisest, it's the wisest uh, turn to God there is. So the Spirit of God is the Spirit of wisdom. Look at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 17. And there's many verses about the wisdom of God through the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God brings wisdom. Uh, Ephesians 5, 17 says this, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now if you'll go back to Romans chapter 8, it says we don't even know what to pray, but the Spirit of God intercedes for us and reveals the will of God to us. And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and call according to His purpose, and we're predestined for ordained to be like Him. And so we need to realize that God is still in the high tower. He's over it all, and we need to trust Him. And we ought to know that He knows. And knowing that He knows ought to bring great peace to your life. You don't know. I still can't figure out why that missionary got shot, and I'm not trying to figure it out. But I know one thing. God is still in control, and God's got a plan, and God's got a purpose, and there's going to be the furtherance of gospel as we respond spiritually. Then number two, the Word of God. Turn to 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15 and 16. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. We'll have to get us a new projector on the back. I can't read a thing in, it in the back uh, like I should. Uh, <clears throat> or uh, maybe I could. But look at, look at 1 Peter chapter, um, excuse me, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. The Bible says this, an account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as from our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given to him, hath written unto you. Now it says in verse 16, it says, As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to, to, to be understood, which they are unlearned and unstable, wrist as, listen to this now, uh, unstable wrist as they do unto the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Notice that word wrist. W-R-I-E-S-T. Folks, risking means twisted, perverted. And I want to tell you something. It's not wise to tamper with God's word. And it's not wise to follow the NIV or the ESV or any other Vs. Folks, you need to go to the preserved word of God, which is the King James Bible to the English-speaking people and realize that God's able to inspire it. He's able to preserve it. 
Amen? And folks, I want to tell you something. The people risked the scriptures. They twist it. It's like the king that was mad at God and took a penknife and cut out a part of the law. It don't matter if you cut it out with a penknife or not. It's still there. It's still God's word. And you need to realize that God's word is absolute wisdom. Amen? I want to tell you something. I almost moved to Alabama last night. Because they, 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 they made some good boats. While Dalton was slipping in liquor by drink at 11 o'clock in the morning. Now who wants to drink at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning? Those drunks ain't even woke up yet. But, they, but we, they passed it. We didn't even know it was on the ballot. They slipped it in. That says a lot for the city churches. They ought to stood for something. Amen. And I want to tell you something, friend. And we county church, uh, churches got defeated several years back. But we fought it for years till they out paid us and outlawed us and everything else and lawyered up. But I want to tell you something, friend. It's not wise to go to, to fermented drink. It's not wise to be a drunk. I lived in it. It's not wise to, to do that. And some people want to be cool, and it's not cool. And we risk the scriptures. We twist it. We twist it to our own good. We, we manipulate it. And we have a little watered-down religion, a little watered-down contemporary movement that doesn't stand against sin, that's not a wise church. That's not wise preaching. And folks, we could have a whole lot more people here if I'd ease up on sin because people are looking for a show. But I want to tell you something, friend. I'm not an entertainer, and this is not a club. This is a church. And we need to call sin, sin, because I want to tell you something, friend. The best friend you will ever have is a mama and daddy that say, no, that's wrong. No, he's wrong. No, she's wrong. And take a stand against sin when they're young. Amen. We're, we, we need to realize the Word of God is one of the greatest teachers of wisdom. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 17 real quick. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 17. I guess all this cross-references is the reason I'll never get through Ecclesiastes this year. We'll try. My goal is Christmas. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 17. The Bible says this. I love this verse. Now unto the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to tell you something. He is, he is the King eternal. He is immortal. He is invisible. He's the only wise God, and He is worthy of all honor. He's worthy of all glory. But let me just say this. He's worthy of all obedience. He's God. He don't have to explain Himself. He don't have to define Himself. He just needs to proclaim what's right, and we need to do it. Somebody gives this phrase all the time, uh, God said it, uh, I believe it, and that settles it. I'll say that's not a good saying. God said it, and whether you believe it or not, that settles it. Amen? And you're wise if you'll just believe it, and heed it, and, and, and listen to it, and follow the Word of God. I'm telling you, a lot of heartache and pain and agony could be prevented if young people would just learn early that the Word of God is authority in their life. God-given authority. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Stop trying to compromise. Stop trying to uh, ride the fence on it and just submit to it. And I'm going to tell you, the Bible says it'll, you'll have life and light and love and even laughter. And you'll have a wonderful life. Folks, how many people are ruining their life because of ignorant, non-biblical decisions? 
Our country, amazingly, this election shouldn't have been that close. I mean, hey, folks, we're in trouble. If the South is going down the tubes, folks, we're, we're the buckle of the belt, Bible belt, say amen. Chattanooga's been called the buckle. And I think it's buckling. All the churches are folding up there. And, folks, I want to tell you something, not all of them, but a lot of them. Folks, we need to have the Word of God. You ought to thank God for the Word of God every time you open it. You ought to thank God you're in a church that preaches the Word of God, that wants to sing the Word of God, and I can't get the tunes of all of them. And, and we want to meditate on the Word of God. But most of all, I want to send you out being ambassadors for the Word of God. And we want your children to learn that it's wisdom. And it's far beyond us. It's God's Word, and it'll change their life. And then there's another way you obtain wisdom. Is it too far from us to obtain it? No, we can pray. James 1, 5. And I love this verse. I just love it. And I misunderstood it for many years. Can you believe I misunderstood the Word of God? I was sitting in a uh, service Monday, and the preacher at the pulpit called me a scholar of the Word of God. I said, if he only knew. I don't know nothing. I'm learning. Amen? But I want to tell you something. This verse speaks to my heart every time I read it. James 1, 5. I want to give it to you because this has to do with a lot of things that some of y'all are going through right now in your life. James 1, 5 says this. Uh, let me go back up to verse 4. No, I, I need to go back up in context. Verse 3. Knowing this, that the trying your faith worketh patience. That's trials, troubles, heartache. It says, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect. That means mature now. Entire, wanting nothing. Now listen to this. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Hey, listen now. That giveth to men liberally. It's the only thing liberal about God. And, and folks, I want to tell you something. There shouldn't be nothing liberal about you. Amen. I'm talking about we ought to be conservative Bible believers. Amen. I'm not getting political. I'm getting biblical. I'm just looking up to see if anybody looks mad. Just anyone. Just Jack, you ain't mad, are you? Okay, good. All right, listen, it says this, it says, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, and we all do, let him ask of God. When's the last time you got on your knees and say, Lord, I just don't know what to do. I don't know if I can handle this. And Lord, I don't know why you let this happen. You ever prayed like that? If you're honest, you, you would shake your little head. Yes, I have. Because listen, when those when I got the word that that missionary two and a half weeks on the field got shot through the head and his little baby is in the back seat and his dear wife has just had his eighth baby, it messed my mind up for a while. I'll just be honest with you. You say, oh, you're not supposed to question God. I wasn't questioning God. I was just trying to figure out what in the world is going on. And I have all the biblical answers that, you know, the furtherance of the gospel and all things work together. But I want to tell you something. Some things just break your heart so much you can't figure it out. That's when you need to say, wisdom's beyond me, Lord. Would you give me grace? And listen to this. That giveth all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea with the wind and toss. Listen to this now. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Folks, I want to tell you what this is saying. Don't waste your trouble. 
Amen? Don't waste your trouble. Folks, God always uses battles in our lives to transform us. David was never the same after he took down Goliath and carried his head off. He was never the same. But that was a battle. And it was a battle beyond him. And folks, we got battles. We got battles of emotions. We got battles of heartaches. We got battles of uh, the devil attacking the church in these last days. And folks, the Bible says all these tribulations, trials, they work with patience, and patience has its perfect work. It makes you uh, perfect or entire, and you want nothing. That means, in other words, you're equipped to serve God better because of trial. Now, Miss Stephanie Wesco can either digress or progress in her faith during this trial. Her eight little babies can either say, hey, the heck with the mission field. We go over there and give everything I got and somebody shoots my daddy. I'm just going to get out of the ministry and forget it and get bitter. And a lot of you would be tempted to do that. Or they can say, my daddy's greatest goal in life was to go to heaven. And God took him home earlier than we wanted him to go. But I know he's with Jesus and he's, he's rejoicing with the angels and that his death is going to probably call call more missionaries and multiply his ministry more than anything else or they can get mad. See, friend, listen, wisdom should be prayed for and especially during trials. In context, one through five. I never saw it this way. I just took it out of context and pray for wisdom. No, pray for wisdom when your heart is breaking and not for wisdom to figure out why all this is happening but not to waste it. I've seen many and many a couple fall out of church because God took mama home. Or worse yet, or more heartbreaking yet, God took a baby home. And they get mad at God. And they get mad at the church. And they never come back. Folks, I want to tell you something. That's when they ought to be at the altar before the altar calls calls. That's when they ought to say, Lord, give me wisdom not to get bitter. Give me wisdom to turn to you even though my heart is broke and I'm really upset with you. If you'd be, if you'd be honest, that's how a lot of people ought to pray. I'm upset with you. Not with the preacher, not with the doctor, not with the lawyer, but I'm upset with you, God, because you took somebody away from me. And folks, ultimately we're selfish and we don't want anybody to be taken away from, especially a baby or a daddy on a mission field. Folks, we could pray for wisdom not to waste it. And say, dear God, I want to obtain a heavenly viewpoint not to get bitter, but to get more like you. We know all things work together, and the Holy Spirit prays and intercedes for you when you cannot even pray because you're so brokenhearted it's only groans. You ever been there where you didn't know what to pray? I have. See, it's, it's, it, it, listen, listen. A lot of people don't go to funeral homes today because they don't know what to say. Well, you don't have to say anything. Just be there. And you're good at that. I thank God I'm not scolding you. You're the best church I know of ministering to people when they're hurting. But just be there. Your tears speak a, a, a language that can be understand. Your hug, your presence, your cooking, your, your smile, your encouragement. You're hurting with them speaks a language 
that the heart can understand. It's not just sharing words, it's sharing hearts. And so stop talking and just, just start praying. And some of it would be very impossible for us to stop talking. I said us, amen. And I'm looking around the room and some of y'all saying, yep. And don't you shake your head too much, husband, because you will not be eating soup tonight. Amen. Uh, listen, prayer. And then last but not least, wise counsel. Wise counsel. Um, I believe with all my heart, all my heart, that you should never make a major decision without talking to somebody spiritually, especially your daddy and mama. Amen. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it clearly. I'm going to say it bluntly. There ain't many young people in here, but if there was a bunch of young people, I'd say this. Don't ever get married unless you're, both your mama and daddy bless that marriage. They give you their blessing. Oh, it's not that important, and they don't know what a good, cool guy he is. No, friend, I want to tell you something. Mom and daddy need to bless that marriage. There's something about passing on a blessing. If you get married against their will, there is nothing but a foothold of Satan that can get in that relationship. And I will not even perform a ceremony, pardon the word perform, preach a message if they don't have the parents' blessing. I ask two questions. Number one, are you saved? Number two, do your parents bless this union? If they say no to either one of them, I say, well, I'm out. I'll try to win the Lord, then I'll go talk to the parents and not try to talk them out of it. I want to know what's wrong with Johnny. Because they know. They know it's just not God's will. Folks, wisdom is wise counsel. In the multitude of counsel, there's wisdom. And not a diverse Folks, we got a lot of people who think they're smart, but they're not very wise. Matter of fact, I've learned over the years, and I, I'm still learning, that it's not always good to have an answer for everything. Sometimes we just need to be quiet. That's wisdom. And wait till you cool down. And wait till God gives you peace about your answer. So, you know, we're always trying to let everybody know we got all the answers. Well, you know what? This, this, this is the text tonight. Go back to Ecclesiastes 7. This wisdom is far from me. Matter of fact, I think it took a lot of gall for the Holy Spirit, uh, and he's got a lot of gall, and he can do whatever he wants to, to let uh, Solomon write this book. But I think he's writing this book, and, hey, listen, I've been under the sun a long time. Now I'm looking over the sun, and I've made a lot of mistakes. You know what that encourages me to do? Is that I'm not, God's not finished with those that's made mistakes. He wants to continue to use you. Now let me just close with saying wisdom exceeds measure, but you can't obtain it. In verse 25 of Ephesians, I'm in Proverbs, well that's good too. In verse 25 it says, I applied my heart to knowledge to search and to seek out wisdom. Applied. Apply. You have not learned anything until you live it. You say, well, I learned a lot in that sermon. Well, prove it by living it. Amen? Proverbs, I believe it's chapter 2, verse 2. It says, so that thou incline thine ear to wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. Isn't that good? You incline your ear to hearing it, 
but you apply your heart to understanding it and do it. If you understand the consequences of sin, you're not going to get there. You're not going to go there. If you understand not seeking wise counsel, you're not going to make a decision without consulting the Holy Ghost, the Word of God, and the man of God that's placed over you. Husbands, daddies, you're just not going to do it. You can be hard-headed, you can be bull-headed, you can be prideful, and you can go out and make a hundred decisions, but I'm going to tell you something, you regret them if you don't seek wisdom with all your heart and seek understanding and seek discernment. Apply the heart to knowledge and, and to search and to seek out wisdom and, and, and the reason of things and to know the wickedness of folly, even of the foolishness and madness. Oh, man, what a verse. You know what it's saying? You are going to ruin your life if you don't have wisdom, if you don't seek wisdom, if you don't apply your heart to understanding, if you don't have a discerning spirit, you will go mad. You will be foolish. You'll have wickedness of folly. Folks, he knew it because he'd been there and done that. Oh, I wish the young people could listen to this. Then the last few verses, it says, I find more bitter than death uh, the woman whose heart is snares and nets and hands is... Uh, bands, whoso pleases God shall escape from her, but the sinner shall be taken by her. Now, her represents not just prostitutes and not just idolatrous women that he married. It represents lust. It represents lust. Isn't this a lustful society we live in? Everybody thinks they have to get a, a, a man by being dressing lustful. The way, you, hey, the way you capture a man is the way you'll have to keep a man. So if you're going to be spiritual, that's a good way to catch a man because a man, a spiritual man is looking for a spiritual woman. I mean, not just a body. Come on now. See, if you're not, hey, listen, if you're not selling, don't advertise. Sometimes the Holy Spirit shocks me at what I say. But I want to say this, friend. We, we need to please God rather than man. And we need to realize that there's a trap set for us. It's called sensual satanic if it feels good do it was a bumper sticker that I almost ran into in Statesboro Georgia but you know what it ought to have been if it's in the book do it if it's in the Bible do it not if it feels good do it and folks isn't that the philosophy of the liberals today I mean if it listen a baby's inconvenient so it, it, it'll feel good when you kill it and when you kill it you can go on with your little career, which is your God, little G. And folks, that is sin, that is murder in the first degree. But the world wants to say, if it feels good, do it. If it's convenient for your, for your career, do it. And, all, and sacrifice that life on the altar of immediacy and convenience and personal advancement. And folks, that sounds a lot like the wicked sacrifice of heathenism. And we're there today. And we've come very close to having a president that believed in it and pushes it. Lust. If it feels good, do it. Nothing. If it's in this book, do it. And if it glorifies God, do it. And number three, 
if it pleases God to do so. That ought to be the parameters of our life. If it's in this book, do it. And if it pleases God, do it. And if it doesn't, don't even lean towards Sodom and Gomorrah. This world's gone crazy with the philosophy of me, myself, and I. And whatever it takes for me to feel better, I'll do it. And folks, the devil will get in there and warp it and say, you're supposed to be a girl, you're a boy. How warped can you get? How evil is that? That you're shaking your fist at God, saying, God, you created me a boy, but I know I need to be a woman. You'll never be a lady, you'll be a woman. And you won't be a woman. You'll be a catastrophe if you start messing with God's creation and God's plans. Amen. And the world's full of them. I heard Nancy Pelosi today give a speech that we want to really include all the LGBT people because the diversity will enrich us. It won't enrich you, it'll corrupt you. Come on, say amen. God, help us today. God, help us today to seek for some wisdom from the Word of God. Wisdom by prayer. Wisdom through the Spirit. And folks, prevent all the ugliness and death and corruption and waste of life Folks, it's not God's will for a young man to be in jail for the rest of his life. It's not God's will for teenagers to burn their brains up with chemicals escaping their insecurities. It's just not God's will. If they could only see the end of it, biblically, spiritually, they wouldn't go there. They wouldn't snort the stuff. And they wouldn't put, put needles that are unsafe into their arms and inject that stuff I've been so many sad funerals of daddies that's over, overdosed and then a daughter overdosed and then the daughter killed her baby in the womb through the overdose and it all started when Jeff walked out of this church saying I don't need church anymore I got a cabin on the lake He'd have seen me preach his funeral and then five years later in the same funeral home preach his daughter and granddaughter or grandson. They didn't know which one it was. He'd have never went there. He'd still be right here on Wednesday night. He'd be, he'd be right there. He'd be right there, him and his wife. Got his little boys and little girls growing up in the house of God, marrying right. So sad. I want to just scream out loud as I can, don't go there. Please don't go there. If you'll read Proverbs 1 through 7, the last few verses saying, if you do, this is what will happen. Wisdom. Let me close. Folks, what's it take? It says, behold, this have I found, saith the preacher, counting one by one to find out the account. Look at verse 28. Which yet my soul seeketh, but I find not. One man among thousands have I found, but a woman among all those have I not found. Lo, this only have I found, that God has made man upright. What a purpose we have. And listen to this. But they have sought out many inventions. Now in context, that means that God, excuse me, man has created a lot of inventions to be unwise. 
They've, 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 they've created and invented many escapes of lustful pornography, many escapes of drugs, and many drinks of illusion. And it's all the inventions of man. I mean, God did not ordain that barley be made into some fermented beer that you drink and escape reality. God did not ordain uh, medicine to be perverted into dope and, and drugs and this epidemic of, uh, of uh, opiates, this painkiller. God did not have men create that for that reason. And that's what this verse is saying. But they have many inventions. They have not found God. And God made man upright. And God gave man intelligence. And God gave him uh, ingenuity and experimental uh, um, uh, adventures. And, and, and we've been on the moon and we can't even keep our families together. Because men have many inventions. And so folks, to find wisdom, it takes uncommon courage. Wisdom will confront uh, your deepest fears. It takes faith because wisdom exposes your weakness. It takes determination because wisdom runs contrary to your emotion. Can somebody say amen there? I'm going to tell you something, friend. Wisdom will shine a light into the shadows of your self-deception. Wisdom. How many of you would like to just scream at some of your loved ones? You probably have after they've left the house. You say, please listen to me. Or if you don't listen to me, please find a church and listen to God. You're on the way of destruction because you're self-deceived. Folks, what I'm saying is that wisdom will take determination because it will disrupt your comfort zone and your deceptive assumptions because the devil is the father of all lies and, he, he, and, he, and he's a deceiver. And so, folks, the one thing that he trembles is when the weakest Christian gets on his knees, but he also trembles when that weak Christian gets up and has found wisdom in God's Word and God's spirit, and he walks out into this world making decisions that glorify and please God. That shakes the devil up. And I just want to shake the devil up tonight because I'm tired of what he's doing to families. And I'm so heartbroken. And a long time ago I said, if I'm ever going to be a pastor, I've got to put myself in people's places. And when I do, I see the heartbreak. I feel the heartbreak. And it's all because somebody walked away from God's wisdom and they adopted the philosophy of the world. If it feels good or makes me feel good or makes me look good, I'm going to do it. And it's destructive. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the message. Thank you for chapter 7. I've enjoyed it. But no, Lord, I really haven't enjoyed it. I've appreciated it. I can't say I've enjoyed it. But I've appreciated it. And I've enjoyed the Holy Ghost conviction from the chapter 7 of the high price of wisdom, but the most beautiful results of wisdom. God, I've just been blessed by reading Proverbs 3 tonight, or 4. Wisdom. The principal thing. And all our gettings get wisdom. 
So, Lord, help us to keep on coming when we don't feel like it. And God, definitely keep us coming when our teenagers don't feel like it. Because in all they're getting, they've got to have it. Your perspective, your wisdom. God, in the heartaches of life, can we ask you, Lord, to give us wisdom not to waste it, but that we might grow thereby and glorify you through the heartache because the world never, never notices until their heart's broke, until they see somebody else's heart broke and they don't break relationships with God. Lord, thank you for setting up some amazing situations to soften some hard hearts. I've seen it, and I rejoice in it, and I'm thankful. And Lord, I pray this Monday that many thousands and thousands, I plan on watching the funeral message myself, will be touched by this seemingly untimely death of Charles Wesco. Lord, a family right in the middle of the will of God. Faithful, sacrificial, serving you. Lord, you, you have the purpose. We don't question it. We don't understand it, but we don't question it. But God, we ask for wisdom for the family. 